Buddhist Geeks Discover the Emerging Face of Buddhism. Episode 269 The Path of Centering Prayer. Continuing our discussion with Christian teacher and author David Fernet, we explore the similarities and differences between the Buddhist and contemplative Christian paths. This is part two of a two part series. Buddhist Geeks is supported largely by the generosity of our listeners. If you like what we're doing, please consider making a one-time or monthly recurring donation by visiting BuddhistGeeks.com forward slash donate. So, David, one of the questions I wanted to ask you about, um, I think in, in hearing you describe the Christian contemplative practice and, and talking about it, I think for many people listening to this, they'll be able to hear a lot of parallel kind of language and parallel understanding it, that that's in the Buddhist tradition. And it's no surprise since they're both contemplative traditions and they're both doing similar kinds of practices. And yet there's also a lot of differences, uh, both in the language and also in the you could say in the phenomenological descriptions of experience. So my own sense of things like this is that it's, it's useful not to assume everything's the same immediately and to recognize those differences might mean something. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit, since you have this interesting kind of dual background in practice with both the Buddhist and Christian traditions, obviously much more on the Christian side, but still... Um, if you could talk a little bit about the ways that Christian contemplative practice might be different than Buddhist practice, and maybe even how it might be more effective at certain things. For instance, I heard you say the word surrender many times, and although that word sometimes comes up in the Buddhist uh, lexicon, it's one that uh, is not so common, and it seems to be pointing to something really profound. So just as an example, you know, my own listening to what you're saying I'm hearing differences and things that would have been really helpful for me uh, to hear as a practitioner, um, but that I've had to kind of pick up myself. So could you speak a little bit about you know, the differences and, and the ways that you think Christian uh, practice might add something um, that maybe is not present in Buddhist practice? Well, of course, that's a huge topic. <laughs> and And I have such great... A respect for a Buddhist uh, practice. Um, the the one thing, and and of course this uh, this kind of maybe comes from my story uh, that might be meaningful for some people is that um, because uh, Christianity is the uh, well has been for two thousand years the kind of spiritual uh, culture of the West. Um, some people might find uh, an easier connection with the Christian contemplative path uh, than with a path that is hasn't been embedded as much in the uh, culture. But the culture is changing. I mean, even in 30 years, you know, we've the culture has changed so much, so it's now a globalized culture, and those differences may be less meaningful. But I do know many people who who are... Uh, practicing centering prayer because they somehow feel or connect with the archetypes that are embedded in the culture. You know, the Christ archetype, the uh, archetype of the divine feminine that's represented and expressed in 
in Mary, the mother of God, but also in Mary Magdalene, uh, the dynamic divine energy of the feminine, which is a little different than the divine mother energy. Um, and uh, maybe those uh, archetypes or energies as they manifest in Buddhism, uh, also very profound, maybe they might not have the same kind of resonance. But of course, uh, the Christian contemplative tradition has not done a good job of representing itself so that that can be accessed by anyone who's a real seeker. Maybe until the last uh, generation through the work of Thomas Merton, Thomas Keating, and these other great Christian teachers, Brother David Steindl Rast, and you know, there's quite a few of these monks um, who have uh, given their lives to carrying these the wisdom of the Christian tradition and then letting it come forth through their teachings to the world. Uh, so, in other words, some uh, practitioners may be more comfortable with those, with the path of Christian meditation. Uh, it's interesting, I, uh, as I said, I, I'm raised in the Christian uh, Western culture, um, influenced by Christianity, but not in a church or not in a religious way. But for some reason, it was, it's been my path too. And so there's also the sense of uh, maybe there's a Maybe there's an innate connection one has uh, with a lineage or with a path. I know some Buddhist teachings say this. Um, and so maybe uh, one's innate or hidden connection with uh, the path that one has in this lifetime um, is also Christian, and that could be valuable for somebody. Uh, the idea in centering prayer of, of consent sometimes might be helpful for somebody. Uh, you know that Ken Wilber, we know Ken Wilber, he's this great philosopher of consciousness, and in his theory, or one of his aspects of his theory, he's, he has said that his encounter as a Buddhist practitioner with actually Thomas Keating centering prayer and Rabbi Zalman Shakhtar Shalomi, this great Jewish teacher, some years ago, 10 years ago, Ken said that it was an encounter with theistic paths that helped him see that sometimes uh, a Buddhist practitioners, in his view, um, lack that element of surrender. And so in Christian practice or in centering prayer, the idea of consent and surrender to a mystery and then becoming one with that mystery and then realizing that the mystery God um, is uh, there is no mystery uh, might be a good path for somebody because uh, because there's nothing like surrender to shatter the uh, false self or the separate self sense. I think in in other traditions that are not theistic, sometimes surrender manifests itself in a different way. Surrender to the lineage, or to the teacher, or to the sangha, the Buddha sangha, the Dharma, um, whatever. But in Christianity, it's kind of pushed to the forefront consent and relationship uh, and then surrender into that relationship um, in, the, in the service of uh, the destruction of the self, separate self-sense or what Thomas Merton, Thomas Keating call the false self. It's false because it, it experiences um, itself as, as separate from other people and the deep sense of identity that's revealed in the Christian understanding on the contemplative path is that we're at one with everything, but not uh, we don't realize that oneness because we're just attached to our ideas and thoughts and separate experience. So surrendering that is a great benefit. Uh, another term that I've heard used um, 
in the Christian tradition is service. And um, I know there's services talked about in different ways in different traditions. Um, like in the Hindu tradition, you have the whole yoga of service, like karma yoga. Um, but, you know, in the Buddhist tradition, there's not as much discussion, it doesn't seem like, about this aspect of things. And I know it's it's sort of talked about with things like the Bodhisattva vow and stuff like that. But when you're describing your time in the... Uh, in this intensive practice environment, it sounded like work and service were such an integral part of that experience. And when I go to Buddhist retreat centers, it's like maybe 45 minutes of the day is spent working. And and really there's no sense of service like to other people there. Um, it's just a sense of be kind of working on your own trip, you know, your own awakening process or whatever. So uh, is that another aspect that has a different emphasis. You mentioned surrender. Is is service also something that you found is is di- uh, emphasized differently in the Christian path? Um, I think uh, in Christian teaching, service is emphasized quite a bit. Um, again, some of the some of the problem with the Christian emphasis on service is that it lacks this contemplative ground to it. Um, and so a lot of the Christian service is more exterior or external. They kind of forget about Jesus's instruction in the canonical gospels to clean the inside of the cup, meaning kind of go into one's own motivation. And the best way to do that is through contemplative practice and then to serve out of that uh, awareness. So again, my spiritual father, Thomas Keating says, talks about contemplative service and says the contemplative service is is serving, you know, being involved in caring for people and and tending to the needs of the world around one, uh, immediate in one's own family and one's own work situation, but also extending oneself to to confront injustice and and uh, whatever the needs of the world are in any particular time. Uh, so extending oneself, but he says the contemplative service is God in us, serving God in other people. God and us serving God and other people. So along with what one is doing, you know, us back at that retreat center, you know, our basic task was to take care of the of the retreatants and provide for them. And part of my life now is to, you know, uh, provide for people in little spiritual direction circles and care for my wife and our life together. But along with those activities, to be open to the way that God within is serving God and other people. So there's less attachment sometimes to one's own agenda, to my own agenda for what I'm doing. And 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 the and it service becomes a practice that expresses the sitting practice of uh, centering prayer and, and whatever other practices one is doing in in life. Now, I the you know, Buddhism such a profound tradition. I mean, I, I know that teaching is there in different ways in Buddhism. Um, but uh, but it's true that Christianity, uh, the culture, the spiritual culture of Christianity has emphasized service very strongly. And I hope it kind of emphasizes or develops this interiority to service and doesn't uh, get trapped in the externals of it. Um, and Buddhism, what? It's becoming a more active, engaged Buddhism, right? You probably had a lot of talks about that. <laughs> yeah. So maybe both traditions are developing um, 
or articulating their aspects aspects of their teachings in new ways. Uh, people talk about uh, the development of a Western Buddhism. I think that's probably happening. Uh, and it might be happening in parallel with what's happening in Christianity, which is that Christianity is not developing a Western kind of Christianity, but it's hopefully developing over the course of a couple of generations um, a new expression of its contemplative teachings for this era of time, the 21st century. So, uh, uh, you know, the monastic cloistered understanding which preserved the contemplative dimension of Christianity is not the only one, and that something needs to be brought forth. And I think it's happening in Christianity over the course of a few generations. And maybe uh, in another generation there'll be a Western Buddhism and then there'll be a maybe a more developed Christian contemplative path. Um, and they both might talk about service in the same way, maybe not in the same language, theological, philosophical way, but with the same heart essence, the need to serve and be engaged in the world as an expression of one's own practice. In Christianity, that's the idea of God in us, serving God and other through our commitments and what we do, what one does in ordinary life and responding to the unjust systems that oppress people. There's plenty of those. Join us for the fourth annual Buddhist Geeks Conference, hosted in partnership with Mindful Cyborgs and Shambhala Sun from October 16th through the 19th in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. This year's conference will be exploring the convergence of Buddhism with modern culture and technology through informative keynote presentations, idea-packed TED-style talks, self-organizing community dialogues, and contemplative workshops and practice periods. This year's list of presenters includes the world's most quantified man, Chris Dancy, abbot of the village Zendo in New York City, Roshi Pat Enkyo O'Hara, and pragmatic Dharma provocateur, Daniel Ingram as well as many others. For more information and to register, visit BuddhistGeeks.com slash conference. After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners who want to engage in interdependent practice. You can find out more about the Buddhist Geeks Network by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. And if you'd like to join the community and join us in regular social meditation practice or other events that we host there in the network, all freely offered, you're very welcome to do so, again, by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. Love to see you there.